why don't you tell us your story? I mean, people should know you. And if they don't, they should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that don't, uh, well, why don't you tell us very your journey? Kind. How did you break I mean, into conference? I mean, it's been a long journey. Um, uh, I'd been working as a freelancer probably a good decade or more before I entered into comics. Uh, before, like, before I actually, what you would maybe call me my official uh, entry into comics, I was still doing web comics uh, online. Uh, I did things like a uh, comic called Butternut Squash, which is kind of like a daily humor comic. I did uh, Kookaburi, which was like a Alice in Wonderland kind of story. And I actually did a graphic novel before that for a gaming company called uh, Palladium Books, which did, had kind of like a Mad Max meets uh, Star Wars meets Tolkien kind of uh, RPG uh, world setting. It was actually quite amazing. It was like an anything goes. Sounds awesome. Yeah. So I did. I, I the, the owner of the company. He was one of my first big clients, and we became friends. And he was super supportive, and he always loved comic books. And so, like when I approached him one day because they had started um, a quarterly magazine to um, kind of just like give like smaller updates on their games and all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, I said, "Hey, do you mind if I do a quarterly install, like an installment every issue?" And he's like, "Yeah, it'd be fantastic." So that was kind of a nice, like you know, uh, way to kind of uh, you know hone my skills and uh, also get my stuff out there into a fan base um, uh, while playing in somebody else's world. And it was great. He gave me like full writing, you know, opportunity, full art, everything. Obviously, I ran stuff by him. He checked the scripts and everything, made sure that I wasn't kind of crossing any lines in his world but you know <laughs> some, yeah some decrypted exactly. messages putting a call together <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> you read every capital letter no um so and then so and while i was working there i also worked in things like children's books magazines editorial graphic design always wanted to do comics always tried to break in and i always kind of got the same answer it's like oh you're great but we don't have any work for you uh, keep in touch, blah, blah, blah. And I did some off and on one-offs. I did uh, like an issue for um, Justice Society. No, it was Justice Society. It was a Wildcat miniseries with B. Clay Moore under the, I want to say not Justice Society, but not JLA, but there's the other one. I'm blanking on the, the JSA. Justice the JSA, Society. yeah, for sure. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Um, so I did that. So I made a lot, like I did a lot of cons too, right? So I was doing like promoting my web comics, promoting different things. So I'd always meet great other artists and writers in the industry. And so like B. Clay Moore, Catherine Eminen, I made, you know, uh, Scott Young was a fan of my web comic. We became friends um, and so on. So like when these people kind of made their way into the industry, um, they actually uh, kind of suggested me on projects to their editors. So that's how I did the Wildcat thing with B. Clay Moore, uh, the uh, Captain America in the First 13 with Catherine Eminen, uh, a Deadpool team up with Scotty Young. Like all these, all these people were like, hey, call Ramon. And the editor's like, who the fuck's <laughs> this guy? Like, why do you want me to call him? They're like, no, no, trust me. Uh, so they were great. And, but unfortunately, like, I, it was still a lot of uh, one offs. I was just doing a lot of weird one offs here and there. And uh, I was also inking some other people and, and a variety of different things, but nothing was really clicking. Um, and then I had the opportunity, I was approached by uh, Arkea, uh, who's kind of like a boutique imprint, and they asked me to, if I'd be interested in auditioning to illustrate Tale of Sand, 
which was an adaptation of a 1960. I'm blanking on the year he wrote that. It was a screenplay he wrote in the late 60s, I think maybe early 70s, um, uh, that never got produced. And so they were looking for somebody to adapt it to a graphic novel. And they asked myself, and they approached uh, actually a slew of other artists. Um, Becky Clunan, I think, was one they approached. Um, fuck, I can't, I'm, I'm kind of blanking on the other names, but there was a wide variety, and, and mm-hmm. some of them I knew and, and stuff. And they kind of asked everybody to do like a, a page of what, um, what they or how they would approach the adaptation process. And basically, I just said, okay, fine. I just did like a, a, a one page spread of like a sequence. And after reading the full script, they were kind enough to actually give me the full script because, uh, you know, you want to know what you're getting into. Um, and, uh, and yeah, they out of, so they basically, they and the Henson company voted on like who they liked the best. And I kind of came out, out on top on my approach. And basically I got to the opportunity to, uh, to tackle this adaptation, which was fantastic to work directly from Henson's script. And it's funny, like, so I did that graphic novel. It came out, I did that in 2011. It came out, uh, end of 2011. Uh, but I think we had a wider release in 2012, but they released it, I think, just prior to Christmas of 2011 officially. And it did gangbusters for them, for me as well. I got nominated for several uh, Eisner Awards in the industry and, and won a few. And uh, that kind of just propelled me into the forefront of all these companies that I, I'd been trying to get work. Suddenly, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I've been trying to get work for years from Marvel and suddenly Marvel is calling me now going, Hey, you want to work on X-Men? And I'm like, <laughs> fuck yeah. I've been trying to, you know, trying to get a hold of you guys for, you know, for years. And with you no, must have found my emails. <laughs> yeah. You finally, you finally must have found my email. Right. So, uh, so it's just kind of hilarious how it's just like this weird catch 22. You want to, work in an industry and you know make headway but you're you just gotta it's jumping through like fiery hoops sometimes you're lucky sometimes your road is short sometimes it's a winding path and sometimes it's you know a long you know uh tr- troublesome troublesome way right uh but For you sure. know so i got uh, so i got off I, I actually just prior to i think it was actually funny just prior to um Wolverine the Excellent, which was the one that was offered to me once I was nominated. Before I was nominated, I actually did a, a run of um, uh, John Carter, The Gods of Mars for Marvel's. Uh, at then time, they were doing kind of like a lot of adaptations and kid-friendly books like Oz, uh, uh, the Scotty Young adaptation of The Wizard of Oz. Right. Yeah. So Love that. <laughs> I, yeah. So I did like a little series, which I actually had a lot of fun on. I, it was a great little... Uh, four issue mini I did, and then after that I got I got um, picked up to do Wolverine and the X Men, and then after that you know you get you bounce around within the the, the mighty mighty Marvel house. So you know I did Hawkeye, Spider Man, um, a lot of variety. I got to do co write and draw uh, Nova as well, which was a lot of fun. And um, yes, I, yeah, that one is absolutely sick, dude. <laughs> I mean, oh, thanks, man. The, that was, the way that was you a lot of fun. Him, I mean, it's probably one of the best like versions of him that i like yeah we had we had a lot of fun um on that and it was kind of interesting getting a peek into how a company works you know from the writing side because up until that point i'd only been on the the drawing side and um i'd always wanted to do my own context before that i'd been writing my own web comics and graphic novels but 
um, it's once again, you're jumping through hoops, proving yourself and, and all that stuff and, and talking to your editor. And so it was, it was actually an exciting time, especially with a character like, like Sam and then uh, Richard, uh, just to bring the two Novas together was, was, was a lot of fun on that. And I think, I think the last thing I did for Marvel was uh, uh, Marvel 2-in-1 with uh, Johnny Storm and The Thing, which uh, Chip Zdarsky wrote. And I was oh, brought right, in. right. Yeah, yep. I was like, I was kind of brought in as a relief artist after the first artist, I think, couldn't, I don't, I'm not sure if it was meeting deadlines or what the reasoning was, but I was brought in to re- replace an artist. And, hey, whatever uh, works, right? <laughs> what? What? I said, whatever works. <laughs> yeah, whatever works, right? And that was my last thing for them before I actually reteamed up with uh, Chip on uh, Stillwater, which I'm currently doing. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I I picked that up more on a whim, just because the the first cover, you know, you you have you guys. That's like the window shopping, you know. You, you oh yeah. The cover yeah. and it was absolutely sick, and I was like, uh, all right, thanks, this man. is. This is at least worth, you know, like checking out just based on the cover. Then I read, you know, what it was about and I got the preview nice. and then I got the review copy and straight to comic hug, man. I was like, series <laughs> order. I'm in. <laughs> I Glad was already. A, yeah, I was already a big fan of you. And I mean, Chip, I Daredevil was one of the first comics I picked up when I started. Oh, reading. Nice. nice. And I was like, hey, this guy's this guy's OK. He's not as cool as Ramon, but he's okay. <laughs> um, uh, he's but awesome it's guy. absolutely sick, dude. And I love the direction you guys are taking. It. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. But, you know, you having been on both sides of the spectrum for Marvel, you know, mm-hmm. what what would you say is more difficult as far as, like, the research and, like, the prep work you have to do for Marvel as an artist or as a writer? Oh, I mean, for sure, as a, a writer, uh, you're, you're definitely more involved in the the – building blocks and the lore and stuff like that and that's like when i'm not heavy like i'm a marvel fan i read a lot of marvel stuff growing up a lot of vertigo a little not much dc but um i I was never one of the lore guys i never like memorized things and stats and characters and like there are guys in my studio you name an issue you you name an issue they can tell you what happened in it i am i am far from that guy uh, I would follow my favorite artists around and check out what they're doing and stuff like that. And uh, I think to, to write for Marvel, you really have to know your characters uh, and uh, be invested in you know the world that Marvel has created right. and stuff, especially if you're working on a lot of the A-list characters like Captain America, Thor, uh, Iron Man, whatever it might be. Like with with Nova, it was a little bit simpler because I would I would call maybe Nova a B list character, maybe even a C list character. He's not uh, in the forefront because he's right. not in the movies. Like once they get in the movies, it's a different story. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's that's like the Marvel characters Oscar. Yeah, now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So like you know once. You know, um, so when we were working on, on Nova, we're like obviously pitching ideas and talking with the editor and figuring out, you know, what's what. And, you know, reading up on the history of Sam was quite easy because, you know, he'd only had like two series, I think, prior to mm-hmm. uh, myself and Jeff Loveness taking over the series and relaunching it. So there was not a lot of uh, background to read on the character. I could easily, easily dive in and same with Rick, uh, rich Ryder. Like he was a big character, but he was also dead for like a decade or something like that. 
So he wasn't up to much. And so it was easy, easy to catch up on him. Uh, but I can't imagine when you're doing like a team book like the X-Men where you have like, you know, 10 or 12 characters and they've been around for 50 years, you know. Right. You're, you're spending your entire, uh, all your weekends re- reading Wikipedia pages or back issues or whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, and I doubt, I doubt Marvel's just waiting around for you yeah, to uh, catch up. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So, like, when, so writing it was fun, like diving in a little bit. And then I got to bring in characters like uh, uh, we brought in Death's Head I think in issue four, I think it was or something. And like, no one knows who the fuck that character is. I asked, I asked my editor, I'm like, Hey, you know, can I, can, can I use this character? He's like, who's that? And I'm like, Oh, he's, <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever. I'm like, you know, but obviously if you're going to ask to do like, like, I think we, at one point we wanted to use uh, Thanos uh, because obviously the relation to uh, Rich Rider and all the mm-hmm. cosmic stuff. Right. And, and they're like, yeah, you yeah, know, you can't touch him. You can put him on the cover, but you can't touch him. <laughs> We're like, okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, stuff like that. So you're, you know, and then if you're using, like, I think we use Gamora in a couple of issues. Very lightly, though. Um, it's also like, uh, you know, there are certain rules you have to abide by. See how other writers are using the character uh, and that sort of thing. So so it's definitely much more involved. With, with the right. art, you just look at, you know, what's the current costume, you know, let's let's look at the character for reference, and then you kind of just build from that. It's a lot more of an immediate thing, you know, unless you're designing something from the ground up. Obviously, right. it's more, more. That's involved. insane. I mean, but, it, it's yeah. almost like Marvel characters are like Hollywood actors, right? Like, no, he's booked. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, use him. no, totally no. Especially the popular characters, you know. That's insane. You, you got to put your your name in the hat if you want to use Wolverine or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm totally with you, dude. As far as like being a sponge for like comic book knowledge, mm-hmm. I could absolutely love a comic a hundred percent, but I cannot retain every single aspect of what happens. No. And I mean, if I if I miss like. Like sometimes I'll I'll get backed up on reading comics, and mm-hmm. if I go back to read one, I have to read the whole series again up to that point because <laughs> I, I got that Dory brain, and <laughs> I'm glad to hear I'm not alone. <laughs> um, but you know, you you mentioned that you know it's been you know it hasn't been too long since you worked with Marvel, but mm-hmm. it seems like you know you're working more along the lines of indie publishers, and you know amongst yourself. Um, is that something that you feel you prefer over working with the big two or i mean i like to i usually go where the story is what interests me you know so i have worked with marvel i also did like uh like still waters obviously with skybound which you know is a smaller company but a you know powerful company um i have some image stuff lined up uh later this year and um i think for me it's about the freedom to tell the story and I think when you work with Marvel or DC, you're telling, you are doing your own story, but you're using their, you're doing it with their playground, right? You're doing it with their right. characters and you're limited by what they will allow you to do, whether so, you know what I mean? And sometimes you might have some great freedom uh, and, you know, the editorial staff at Marvel is super supportive, awesome people. I would love everybody who I worked with there and, but sometimes you just want to do stuff and you might just get down like uh, uh, a higher up might make a comment saying, no, you can't do that. And the reasoning, it might just be silly. It might just be, no, we don't like it or we don't, you know, and you're just like, ah, oh, but we think it might be good for the story or, or the visuals of the story, like the art we want to do right. in a different direction. 
they're like, oh no, that's not sellable, or we're not an indie company. We have to, we're Marvel. We have to look a certain way. So it, it, it's kind of weird. Uh, a little bit more business. <laughs> yeah, it's a little more business. You're, you know, it's owned by Disney now, especially right. So there's you definitely have a uh, a pecking order at a company like that, and, right? Well, and you know, working on Stillwater, for example, has been super amazing because I mean, once again, the editors are are great as well. But there's just such a freedom because we're building something from the ground up. So we're not limited by what has come before or how they perceive or want the characters to look. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's fresh, right? So that's what the one thing I love doing is actually creating things from scratch and building things up and making them my own. Uh, so that's why I love doing things like Tale of Sand or, or Jane or Stillwater. Um, it's a bit more involved from from me, and that's what gets me excited. Like, you know, you, people people forget like guys like Kirby. He never worked on anybody else's character. He created his own, and then he moved on. Like he created, you know, Captain America. He created the fat, uh, not the Fantastic Four. I was Ditko, I believe. But you know, I mean, or maybe I'm wrong. I'm, see, once um, again, I'm, I'm terrible I, with lore. Yeah, same, same here, dude. I mean, we'll we'll say he created it, and right, but, we're but, sorry. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> But like he and he always pushed forward. He went over to DC to the new gods. Like he's he was always doing new and keeping himself excited and interesting. He didn't go and revisit old characters and go, oh, let's see what my take is on, you know, this character. It's like no, because he practically built the whole Marvel universe, right? Right. And I think that's the joy of like what I love doing. It's building worlds and universes and stories. And and so I think the smaller companies offer a lot more freedom in that regard. Yeah, because they're. Yeah, they're like at that age, you know, where Marvel was back then. Yeah, exactly. They're They're, they're the pioneers right now. And honestly, yeah, I mean, nothing against Marvel and DC. I mean, I have my my books that I read for them and I love what they do. But I feel like indie publishers give you like a much more unique experience with things Mm -hmm. like Stillwater because, yeah, much like if you're writing a C-level or D-level character at Marvel – you know, you're you're the one building that story because they don't have one. So yeah, it, it's really sick. And yeah. honestly, that's what draws me to like, you know, vault, image, boom, mm-hmm. all of that good stuff because you don't know what you're getting. So it, it's yeah, honestly, the sky's the limit. You don't know who, who lives, who dies, and when they die, they probably actually stay dead. Yeah, <laughs> you know? except for Stillwater, everybody lives forever. Yeah, right? except unless you're outside city limits. <laughs> Exactly right, um, but you know, let's talk a little bit about Stillwater. Um, how did you get roped into this with Chip, man? Is it Stockholm syndrome or what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I've known Chip for a long time. Uh, I, the studio I'm in currently, Raid. Uh, he actually was one of the guys who founded the studio. He was a local Torontonian, and uh, we, you know, we'd been friends for a while. We'd we'd uh, collaborated on a, a couple things up to this point. Like I said, we did the Marvel Two in One. And I also did a, a special one shot with him for the Civil War back in the day, featuring our uh, Prime Minister Trudeau. Um, so and we talked here and there uh, about collaborating on an indie series, whether it was for Image or somewhere else. And uh, basically, I think that conversation resurfaced in his head when he was working on uh, developing Stillwater with Skybound. So he'd been working on it for a couple of years with them already. Uh, so I could easily see one of our conversations, him kind of going, Hmm. So basically he reached out saying, you know, Skybound is going to give you a call. 
I'd love, you know, love to work on this series with you. And so Skybound did. We chatted. I, you know, met up with him for a coffee. We chatted about the idea, what he had or what he'd been working on for the couple of years because he'd already developed quite a bit of it before I came on uh, from a story point of view. And, uh, and yeah, so basically I was like, yeah, no, it sounds great. It's like a, an interesting story. It's something different. I'd always wanted to try my hand at kind of like a, a horror series, it's, even though it's like not like a gore or scarce, scare series, like, a, you know, a 90s slasher film. It's, like right. a, it's got that nice vibe of like a Twin Peaks meets like uh, the Exorcist or something weird. Exactly. Like that. You know yeah, I mean? like like that's a really cool, cool vibes in it. Right, like suspense horror. You yeah, know, the, the anticipation of of what's coming next. Yeah, exactly. I, I it's, like it's a different. It's a different kind of storytelling as well. It's not like the large bombastic panel splashes and which I love. Don't get me wrong; that's my favorite shit to draw. But it's it's nice to kind of be challenged to try to tell a story in a different way, um, and uh, you know, which is much more subdued and uh, character driven and dialogue driven more than. Uh, visually kind of like explosive you know what I mean no for uh, sure yeah um you know and you know to to touch on that you know this this is like you said you know apart from a few scenes that we won't spoil for anybody <laughs> um you know it, it doesn't really have like you know heavy gore or anything like that so like like in film and tv you see like these actors like telegraph these emotions to like mm-hmm. sell the audience and all that so yeah. when it comes to a book like Stillwater. Um, do you find it's more difficult to sell the audience on emotion or what's your process on that? Uh, I wouldn't say it's more difficult. I mean, obviously it's easier, you know, it's easier to, to draw a punch rather than like this person crying, how are they feeling, you know? So, um, but I wouldn't call it more difficult. It's just a, a different uh, skill set. I think you have to, you have to work with the nuances of the character, the, the subtle, you know, expressions, the body language and, and that sort of thing. So I think it's, it's definitely harder, but not, uh, I wouldn't call it difficult. It's just like, you just gotta, you're a little bit more invested and with Stillwater to, you know, I like to play with, because it's such a, uh, a subdued kind of character driven story. I like to do a lot of repetitive panels and static shots to keep it because it's an ordinary small town. I'm not looking for the crazy angles and the weird, shots you know like down shots or up shots Mm -hmm. because that's not what this is this is like regular small townville you know so uh i want to sell it as quiet and boring till the weird shit happens right so so i'll often kind of do a lot of repetitive uh panels uh with just slight differences whether it's character expressions or whatever and so then when the bigger stuff does happen like an explosion or a fight or whatever it might be. And I let loose a little bit more. It's that much more, um, uh, impactful than right. it would be if I was like, it, rather than if every page was like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's, it's like, if like, if you're drawing a superhero comic and you're breaking the borders, every pa- page <laughs> breaking the borders is no longer interesting. But if you save your, your shots of breaking the border, and going crazy with your panel spreads is that much more interesting when you do it because people aren't expecting it. So that's kind of like the the visual of approach I've taken with the series. Right. Know? So keep keep it keep it chill, keep it very cinematic. I try to do like a lot of wide shots, quiet shots, and so, things like shots that you'd see like on TV, where 
you know, when you go to like, say on Friends or one of those TV shows that's currently, you know, being replayed on Netflix, whatever, uh, you'll always, like whenever they're in the cafe, it's always like one or two shots. Like you're never uh, having these crazy down galley shots or, you know, boom shots coming in. Right. It's, it's just uh, a regular one or two camera shot that happens all the time. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the approach I, I've done. And then so like when, you know, thing things do go terribly wrong, you notice. And it's, it's seen through the way the art separates itself from how I draw the regular series. Right. No, I 100% yeah. uh, agree with you on that one. Because, yeah, the one thing I've said about Stillwater is that it plays almost like a novella, you know? Mm-hmm. Everything's calm and these, like, yeah, impactful moments hit you. And it's almost like... When you used to watch those old soap operas yeah, on Telemundo yeah. or something, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, you know your favorite character gets shot or ends up in the hospital, you're like, "Did that just fucking happen?" Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> um, exactly. I love it, dude. It's like, the, Thanks, like that anticipation and that that that's where the horror comes from, you know. Just mm-hmm. scared to turn that page, and <laughs> yeah, you know, I read um, the Batman's Grave as an example to mm-hmm. you know, like breaking the wall and every every panel and i remember i read the first issue of that and it was i want to say like 80 percent of one fight scene panel Mm -hmm. after panel and it was amazing but then halfway through it got really dialogue heavy Mm -hmm. and it just confused me because i was like (laughs) hey man where's all the fighting at (laughs) so yeah so i get where you're coming from yeah yeah you know to to touch on that um Mm -hmm. you know i want to give you a lot of credit dude because the the way you're able to like capture emotions on the characters faces is unreal like i I swear sometimes i feel like i i took shrooms or something because i I swear they're coming (laughs) off the page (laughs) um it's really awesome dude um so yeah kudos on that but let me ask you about raid so Mm -hmm. um you know i'm assuming you got into it through chip or how exactly did did yeah kind of yeah so like there was originally four artists that um started raid and one of the artists kagan mcleod who chip worked on a series called captara with uh for i believe image um he was leaving the studio due to just like you know starting a new part of his life he was getting married had a kid on the way had a house you know, felt he couldn't afford everything. So he kind of was uh, needing to, 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 to exit. And basically they were looking for a new artist and they approached a few people. And uh, I was the one who kind of was like, okay, you know, I was a bit trepidatious because it is an added expense of, you know, you're leaving as you're, you know, I'm working from home. It doesn't cost me anything, but you know, uh, now that I've done it for so long, I, I would have a hard time going back because it's just such a great, uh vibe to come into a space where there's other creative individuals and great personalities and just you're 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 chatting with them and hanging out and getting feedback and talking ideas it's 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 quite wonderful so um and i know a lot of people can get that online these days through chat groups and discords and god knows whatever but there's something about just like being able to do it in person and kick back put your feet up and have a drink and 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 chat so right uh, yeah so it was great so i got, i came in to replace kagan and then over the years slowly all the the founding members left just kind of for the similar reasons just change the scenery wanting something different whatever it might be moving to a different city 
and the studio just kind of grew. We had new members coming in and we'd have some that would stay maybe a year, two, five, maybe longer. And then you'd have, and so there's always been constantly a new influx of personalities and creatives and how they approach what they do. And, and the cool thing is we all just don't do comics here either. We, we also do like, there's a lot of guys who work in uh, media, like in television and film. Uh, We do advertising, graphic design, but the cool thing that we all love is comic books. And so that's kind of the, the, our, our common thread. Mm -hmm. uh in the studio space which kind of that's where we collaborate on that's where we shine and support each other and do like we do yearly anthologies and and try different things and put our own content out there so it's uh it's been great you know yeah i mean i get what you're saying you know like with the whole chat groups that are available now i mean i'm I'm 34 years old, so I grew up in an age where you had to go visit your friends if you wanted to hang out, you know? So, you know, I totally get that, dude. I mean, it being online and everything is awesome, and I'm sure some people can do it subconsciously without even focusing. For me, if I'm on Twitter or something, it takes my entire attention if I'm going to be productive on there. So, Oh, yeah, I'm the same way, yeah. Yeah, especially a chat group. I mean, uh, if I... If I'm going to talk to you, I'm, I'm going to give you my entire attention regardless of what method it is, you know? Yeah, I'm the same way. So, like, half the time I have all these things off. So, good. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise I get no work done, right? Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. You know, being in the same room with all these great minds and, like, from all different types of media, you know, mm-hmm. like creators. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's almost like an energy that you guys are building up in there on, like, this giant think tank. I mean, yeah, that, that's awesome. Sometime. Yeah, we, it's cool because you'll just start chatting away on ideas. And you'll get inspired or or you'll get some unexpected input on something. You're like, oh, I never thought of that. Yeah, that's a great idea for my story or whatever it is, right? Right, or, exactly. Or how I'm approaching, you know, I'm, a, I'm having trouble with this page. I go over to Marcus or, you know, or Andrew and go, hey, well, guys, what do you think? You know, can I get your feedback on this? What about this color or this pose or whatever it might be? And it's, it's so much more immediate and exciting so it's, right it's, then waiting for yeah. an email response <laughs> yeah exactly right yeah, yeah. I, so. I, I think we we need to stay away a, a little bit from technology is what it sounds like <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm we're, staring at the borderline skynet yeah, i know right <laughs> you know it'd be interesting because everybody's working from home now everybody's excited about i'm like i did that for like 13 years and i'm just like i'm like ah i don't know if i could work at home i go stir crazy if i worked at home all the time now yeah you know it's it used to be the other way around for me like I always told myself, you know, I, I can't wait to work from home. You know, I get to be around all my stuff and mm-hmm. and be productive at home, which which I am. You know, my wife and I, we we get a lot done w- while working from home and I get to hang out with my dogs. Who doesn't want to do that? So mm-hmm. um, but I find myself yearning to leave my home a lot more. And sometimes oh, yeah. I'll get off and just walk over to the to the market because mm-hmm. I just need some fresh air. <laughs> oh yeah. So, like when I worked at home, I'd be like calling my buddies up all the time. Hey, who wants to go to a patio? Hit this or hit that. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Yeah. No, totally. <laughs> just to stop, just get some sunlight, you know, mm-hmm. get, not be so pale. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. A little bit of put pants on and feel human. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes I catch myself in gym shorts and it's like four o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon and I'm still working. And I'm like, this wouldn't be acceptable at an office. <laughs> exactly, right? But, oh, yeah. yeah. Before I joined the studio, I was like, oh, I'm just uh, working in my pajama pants all day or whatever it is. And I'm just like, this is sad. Oh, what I'm day a sad, is it? Sad, sad person. <laughs> this is before like video conferencing. So you didn't even have to look presentable. 
you know you could be oh, like oh yes i know um they don't even i i can't remember the last time i had to be on video for a conference or a meeting <laughs> so it's been going downhill i mean i just have a sticky <laughs> over my camera just in case because i don't want to end up on tiktok as that dude that got up and and yeah, his boxers exactly, right? or something. <laughs> Not today. No. I don't need that kind of publicity. <laughs> um, but let me ask you this, dude. Um, I heard somewhere that you're a big collector of memorabilia and even like old weaponry. Is that right? I mean, I have a, a variety. Of, I think it's like I think anybody who loves comics is a collector of something, you know, because comics yep. is just built on collecting. But um, I have some. I have a variety of crap I've collected over the years. Uh, I love, uh, I used to have a lot of, uh, back when I worked in, in a lot of the fantasy RPG stuff, I had a lot of, uh, like, swords and knives and bows, because and, you just, like, buy them, oh, this is good for reference, you know what I mean? Right. Um, <laughs> but I think these days, I've, I've diminished a lot of what I collect. I do like a lot of art, so I have a lot of art from various artists um, over the years that I've either bought or traded with, um, and I... Big Star Wars fan. That was probably my main, uh, you know, most in-depth collecting. Um, these days, I just kind of limit myself to, like, uh, a few things I like here and there, like Bounty Hunters or something like that. And if I see a cool take on Boba or one of the other guys, right. I'll, I'll, I'll buy and snatch it up for the studio space. Um, but, yeah, I think these days more so it's a lot of vintage uh, – comics some uh classic art uh, by artists i love i'm always trying to get my hands on that kind of stuff and um and uh, some yeah like star wars toys or whatever uh for the right. most part um, yeah you just kind of after a while you think you just run out of room and you're like okay dude, i gotta like yeah, slow that, i gotta slow down or i'm not gonna have anywhere to sleep <laughs> yeah that's you where know? i am right now you know um i have boxes and boxes of comics and now i have yeah. nowhere to put them so yeah. They're all like tucked away in a corner now, and I'm just slowly becoming a hoarder. So yeah, like um, I used to have, I used to have like some. I mean, I trimmed down a lot. I used to have some like eighteen or twenty long boxes, and now I think I've I've gotten rid of almost everything to the point where I'm down to maybe four long boxes, maybe five. Oh man, that's that's a and, big. And just, a big I just started, I just I just started dumping, and some stuff I regret dumping, like you know. Because, you know, like I was like, oh, I had the, all the original, you know, Walking Dead. I could have sold those for a yeah. minute. <laughs> but you never and, know. You can't really, you know. Yeah. And stuff. my yeah. wife and I, you know, that's the one thing. Like I picked up comics about two years ago when I started, you know, mm -hmm. recording and writing reviews. Mm -hmm. um, I always felt like, like the lore is what scared me because I thought that I had to literally go back to when marvel started and read everything up until uh -huh, they wow. were all like yeah, that's yeah. impossible yeah, yeah <laughs> but yeah. um that's when i picked up zartsky's uh daredevil mm -hmm. and um a former colleague of mine was like hey you can start here like it's a new arc a new writer it, yeah. it's all gonna be brand new and i fell yeah. in love with it and then i picked nice. up um gillen and hans die mm -hmm. and i have always been fascinated by um dungeons and dragons and oh yeah nice i've never gotten with a group that like plays and like <laughs> will teach me how to play so mm -hmm. it's always like i i'm an observer so they yep. that that drew me to it and then everything they've built since then has just been fascinating and i'm a big fan of gillen and hans now nice. and you know that's 
kind of where I am now, but like mm-hmm. my wife got into it. She picked up, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the series Canto at IDW. I've um, heard of David it. David Moore I... and Drew Zucker. Yeah. Um, we picked that one up. She She's a window shopper when it comes to comics. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, she saw the cover. She's like, oh, he's cute. I want to look <laughs> at it. <laughs> so she picked it up and she fell in love with comics. And now it's like our thing. So okay. when we look at long boxes and we consider like getting rid of some, like each issue has a story or like a oh, moment it's hard. for yeah. us. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. No, totally. I think we just need a bigger home. <laughs> <laughs> I need a garage. Yeah, right. No, I mean, um, yeah, I'm the same way. Like, it was hard to get rid of a lot of stuff, but the, my favorites, obviously, you whittle it down to your favorites, the ones with the the strongest memories or the most impactful things you purchased or whatever it might be, you know? Right, exactly. For me, um, anyways, yeah. Yeah, anything that comes with a story. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I go to a lot of cons, and I have a battering that I found from some blacksmith, and, you know, just random knickknacks like that. I used to have a friend. Um, you mentioned you love Star Wars. I grew up in Yuma, Arizona, mm-hmm. where they filmed the um, Jabba the Hutt scene. Out oh, in the nice. Dunes. Yeah. And so Star Wars was like a big deal for our little town. And mm-hmm. mostly among like the, well, when I was when I was growing up, a bunch of senior citizens because <laughs> it, <laughs> it filmed so far behind. Yeah, but yeah. I used to have a friend that used to go to like thrift shops and um, places like that where they would don't take donations. Um, he would look at the obituaries to see when like the elderly died to go look for Star Wars. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's morbid. <laughs> that's dark. Yeah, that's, that's dark. Hilarious. But I mean, did you find anything? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but let me, uh, yeah, it's pretty messed up, but. I mean, teach their own, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, let me ask you two hard-hitting questions before I let you go, man. Sure, yeah. So I'm always curious, and and most of this is is in part because I saw your guys' documentary um, mm-hmm. in regards to raid mm-hmm. uh, when I was doing a little bit of research, and you know, I saw how much time you guys put into like pages. You know, it's like one or two days of of your life <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that it takes you to put this together. So. You know, as as any creator, I'm sure you all deal with criticism. So I'm just curious, like, do you ever feel um, like it impacts you a lot to hear somebody that doesn't like your work or likes a certain page, knowing that it, like, took so much of your time to create it? Um, I mean, if, if you know, obviously the 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 compliments are always welcome <laughs> so when you do good work <laughs> and knowing knowing people appreciate it it's always wonderful to hear like that's good news is good news at the end of the day mm-hmm. um so it's always wonderful when I, someone comes to a con or i'm chatting with somebody and they're like oh i loved your work on this it was really impactful or i, lo- I love this it really touched me or made me you know cry or whatever it might be um it's it's always wonderful to hear uh, the bad news, obviously, the, is usually the the loud minority for the most part. Um, I think uh, uh, working in web comics for for years uh, kind of hardened my skin to that. Because I think because you have such a direct connection with your audience doing web comics, they can comment mm-hmm. on each comic within seconds of you posting it. Unlike a comic book where someone's buying in a store and you have to actually they actually have to go out of their way and tweet you or 
post on your Instagram or, or write mm-hmm. a nasty letter to the publisher. Um, uh, like web comics, I think really kind of harden you to that because I put up, we, you know, like I, like I said, I worked on a couple different ones over the years and you know, one of them was like, um, a com- uh, like a humor strip and people, we'd have people go, you suck. You're not funny or whatever. I'm Jesus. like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I, at that point you're just like, you're like, yeah, that's fine. It's personal preference. You don't like me, but you're still taking the time out to tell me you don't like me. So it's like, um, <laughs> uh but so yeah i i it, it doesn't really bother me to be honest with you you're always gonna have Definitely. haters you're always gonna have exactly negative people people who don't like your work i'm not i'm not there to please everybody i mean i find the stuff that pleases everybody is usually the least offensive stuff out there because yeah. you're you're having to appease <laughs> so many different uh people's tastes uh, yeah. the more you, the more you, you know, step out of the comfort zone and, and try new things, that's when you might piss people off a little bit, whether it's how you, you know, approach a character or how you draw something or your subject matter. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't bother me. I, I usually, I've had a right. people go, you know, it's like, ah, you're, you know, your run on X-Men wasn't my favorite. I'm like, all right, that's no problem, man. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm it's glad you fine. found one you did enjoy. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm glad you found other stuff you did enjoy. So, uh, yeah. yeah, it doesn't really affect me for the most part. For sure. Um, yeah. And, you know, yeah, we just had a conversation about that not too long ago. Um, you know, I, I was explaining to somebody that, to me, comics is much like music, you know. I'm not going to sit there and say like, hey, you know, um, I don't even know what today's artists are because I'm so <laughs> yeah. stuck on my music. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm not going to yeah, sit yeah. there and say like the weekend sucks, you know, like yeah. some people like him. It's their, you know, their taste. Yeah, like, it's, their it's, gem, it's, right? it's all a matter of taste. Yeah. And that's how yeah. kind of how I approach comics. You know, I don't exactly. think I've ever read a comic that I didn't find at least one thing that I enjoyed. So. Yeah. When, even when I do my reviews, you know, I, all of my reviews are all about what I enjoyed about it and what mm-hmm. it's about. And I won't say anything negative about it because one, I'm nobody to influence anybody. <laughs> and two, I mean, I'm not going to sit there and say somebody's art isn't good when I can't draw for shit. So <laughs> like, who am I? You know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's all a matter of taste. You know, some people mm-hmm. might enjoy you know, a certain no, artist sure. or writer's run and some others might enjoy, you know, another. And that's perfectly fine. <laughs> it's no. all about how you absorb it. So, exactly. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I if, this, if this ride's not for you, get off the ride and come back. Exactly. When yeah. it maybe um, will be for you. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why I see a uh, Donnie Cates and it breaks my heart. So, so many people are always like attacking him on Twitter. And I'm like, that's no that's shit. Right. right? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's why you just don't go on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's why, I mean, it, sadly, the the negative um, Nancys, I guess, um, are the ones that are always the loudest. So, yeah, it's if, usually if, the, the loudest, but minority is the loudest. Like the people who. Yeah. You know, like, just imagine if you're like, like you're using the music analogy. Can you imagine if you're like, you don't like a band and you're going to take the time out to write to a band? You're like, why? Like, why would you even do that? Like, you're like, hey, Rolling Stones, you suck. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think their paycheck and their mansions sell you people otherwise that, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like, <laughs> but comics is just such a weird, weird world sometimes where, you know, it could also be like people get, grow so attached to these 
characters that mm-hmm. if it's not the way they perceive the character to be uh it's wrong you know what i mean exactly and and in it's a way like, i mean in a way i i can appreciate that and that's what i appreciate about creators like to this day man i don't know if you've ever seen game of thrones like I, I love that people hate the last season, but one <laughs> I called it. <laughs> oh um, yeah. We we did a we did a like a poll. Okay. Or it was I can't I can't even think of the word it is, but we did like a breakdown of what we thought was gonna happen, who was gonna end up on the throne. And I called okay. everything, man. And oh, I nice. love that they sold us on these white walkers the entire freaking time. And nobody noticed that like Daenerys was like this evil person that never did anything that she didn't benefit from. And like, mm-hmm. she turned out to be like the real villain. And I mean, it, it cracks me up, but I mean, that, <laughs> that means you wrote like a good story and a good character because these people got so invested in it that yeah, it didn't yeah. work out the way they wanted. And it just like kills them. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. If yeah. anything, that's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, hey, we tricked you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So last, uh, last question, my man. Yep, and this sure. is this is something um, I read online. I don't know if it's true. And before I let the fans know, it's not in the way that you think. But I heard that you worked in porn, not as an <laughs> actor. <laughs> not as an actor. But, uh, but I heard you did some advertisements or something in the porn industry. <laughs> That's hilarious. This is actually out there. Um, I did at one point do some advertising for, oh my, this must be like 15 years ago, maybe longer. Um, uh, I was approached to do some advertising uh, pinups for, it, I can't, to be honest, I can't even remember the name of the company, but it was kind of like a porn <laughs> hub. Um, oh okay (laughs) kind of kind of of company where i did a bunch of a series of pinups but nothing x-rated yeah right so actually i mean or there could be the other story that maybe it could be referring to is one of my first uh san diego comic cons i went to uh was uh i can't remember i think it was in 1999 um and i was trying to get work uh, in comics, I've done a, a gaming graphic novel I'd mentioned before, and a few things. So I was trying to get work. I went to Marvel. They were like, "Oh, nice stuff, but can you draw s- superheroes?" Because I was my portfolio was all sci-fi, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, superheroes are just naked people with capes. Like, it's not hard. <laughs> Drawing sci-fi is harder. It's actually people with clothes." Um, and like, and I remember I went to Image, and Image was like, "Yeah, you suck. We don't want you." And I was like, "Ah." Oh, and then I actually went to um, uh, Vivid, uh, was a porn company at the time, and they had a booth there, and they were they were venturing into comics, and oh, wow. I was like, yeah, and I was like walking by, and, and I was like, what? They had like, hey, you? They had like a little sign or something say, hey, you comic artists, we're looking for talent. And I was like, oh, fuck it, why not? I'll just line up, and. <laughs> I showed the guy my portfolio and the guy was clearly a porn star. Cause he's like, he's just like ripped. Could, he's wearing like these tearaway track pants where you could see all his package. Just in like, case yeah, the moment that, arises. Yeah. You're like, you can see that he's well endowed, you know? Um, but, um, but the funny thing was uh, he, he went to school. Like I, I opened up, like I had a con, like as he's 
looking at my portfolio, he's actually, you know, we're having a bit of a conversation, super nice guy. And he probably gave me the best critique of my portfolio. I had it from any of the companies I had there that week, except oh, wow. for maybe uh, <laughs> dark horse. Uh, I had an interview with, um, I'm blanking um, on the owner of Dark Horse, uh, Mark. I think it's Mark something. It's been a while. But he also gave me a great interview. But but, uh, the thing they both had in common were uh, they're both former artists. Uh, So, like, the porn star, he said he went to, like, art school. So he went before he went after. Then he went to porn. (laughs) But, uh, and, like, obviously, the guy who founded uh, Dark Horse was a former artist illustrator as well. Uh, but yeah, he gave me such a great, uh, he's like, yeah, I love your stuff. Love how you're doing panel to panel storytelling here. Really great anatomy. And I'm like, holy shit, the, the porn dude is giving me my best <laughs> experience at, uh, at, um, at San Diego Comic-Con. Like great interview, great feedback, really complimentary. And uh, whereas like the other companies would just brush you off or whatever, or say a couple of nice things, but then clearly go, yeah, no work. So he... He offered, he's like, yeah, here's my card. You know, get, get, get in touch when you get back to Canada. We, maybe we can talk about doing, uh, having you do some comic work for us. And uh, uh, so I was pretty excited, but I never ended up actually working for them because yeah, their rates were too low. And, mm. um, I, you know, because I'd already been working as a freelance artist for so long, I wasn't uh, where I was jumping at any chance to work in comics. Like I knew what I could make being an artist. So I wasn't going to settle for less than what I thought I was worth as an artist. So no, yeah, for uh, sure. You know, but there are a lot of people out there who like work for free or work for 50 bucks a page or whatever. Cause they're like so hungry to get into comics that they'll be mm-hmm. willing to, you know, and it's, it's a, it's a bad aspect of our industry where people, companies will be like, Hey, th- it's the exposure, you know, here's your opportunity to get to comics, have a book out there. And, and while part of what they're saying might not be incorrect, is that exposure is good or whatever, but I've always had a rule. If I'm going to do it for free, I'll just do it for myself and put it online. Um, but yeah, so, so when they, they called me back up uh, vivid, they were, you know, they, they said their page rate and I was like, actually, you know, I was like, I prefer this. And they weren't up for negotiating. So I was like, sorry, you know, would have loved to work in Toronto porn yeah. comic. But, <laughs> but, you know, thanks for the reference material you guys gave me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, man, that's how it goes. You know, yeah, everybody yeah. has a has a value in their mind to what they're worth. No, and- you should never you should never work for, them for less than what you think uh, you're worth, you know, or at least if you're going to work for a little bit less, what's the reasoning behind it? Right. You know exactly. I mean? And is it worth is it that reasoning worth it? You know, exactly so that's a judgment that's call some sage for, advice for, right there my yeah, friend <laughs> so. um but yeah hey well now you have it people um you, you can't find them on screen but i'm sure no, there's no. ads somewhere out there <laughs> no 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 uh no secret uh sylvester stallone cutscene from uh you know it was actually funny too in my old loft where i used to live in toronto down the hall from me was also a porn studio which is hilarious oh, as man. well yeah so you sometimes you walk by you just hear them going at it and you're like oh <laughs> sounds like filming is on today <laughs> oh man that's interesting yeah, yeah. oh yeah it made for some interesting mornings as you're having your morning coffee you just hear little little sounds from down the hall you're like, oh. <laughs> the building shaking oh yeah okay the wall you got a little wall of oh, headboard man. hitting the wall beside you you know yeah 
It's I'm sure funny. that's that's some soothing sounds to try to get some work done. It just, just lulled me to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, it, it was an honor to get to speak with you, Ramon. I really appreciate your time, man. Um, do you want to tell people where they can find you? I know we we don't like social media too, too much. But <laughs> where can people follow your art? For sure. I mean, you can find me. Uh, I'm all over the place. But easiest would be to either go to uh, Ramon Perez, R-A-M-O-N, P-E-R-E-Z.com, and that'll have links to all the places you can find me. So uh, that's probably just the easiest. I'm on Instagram mostly, but even these days, I'm not updating as much as I should, uh, but I'm trying to get better at it. Uh, I'm trying to these days kind of invest more in the work rather than kind of spending too much time on social. But uh, For sure. But hopefully trying to find a good balance where people know what I'm working on, can share what I can. And, and put it out there. So yeah, just uh, my website, and it has links to uh, to everywhere where I'm where I can be found, basically. For sure. And if um, people want to keep up with what Raid is working on, it's Raid.world, right? You are correct. Yep, that's exactly yeah. it. And that'll take you to all the places that Raid is as well. We have an online store too. Sometimes I'll sell uh, copies of books signed on there as well. If people are interested in that kind of thing, so. Yeah, and then I also, sure am, so I'm happy to also, hear that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's also essentialsequential.com, um, which is a mouthful. It's also linked off of my site, but that's my art agent who um, uh, sells my original artwork. If you're interested, if you're a collector, or when it does happen, it doesn't happen very often. But when I open up commissions, it's usually through him as well. Perfect. Well, hey, yeah. anybody listening, um, you can just look at the links at the bottom. And the summary section, we'll go ahead and include them so you don't have to so much, try man. to remember everything. <laughs> but hey, um, again, it was an honor, Ramon. Um, oh, this you. was the Toronto Stallion, Ramon Perez. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate your time, my man. My pleasure, man. Thank you so much for having me.